For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the Blood Covenant. This is part nine of the series. So now we're going to see that the two greatest commandments of the Torah, and the first is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and the second being love your neighbor as yourself, is going to be associated with the words do and live. And the words do and live are going to be associated with keeping the statutes and judgments of Yeshua. So let's see this from Luke chapter 10, verses 25 and 26, it is written. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Yeshua said unto him, What is written in the Torah? How do you read it, or how do you interpret it? Continuing on in Luke chapter 10, verses 27 and 28. And he answering said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Yeshua said unto him, You have answered right, or correctly. And now pay attention to this phrase, This do, and you shall live. The phrase do and live, Yeshua is making a hint, or a reference, to Leviticus chapter 18, verse 5, where it is written, You shall therefore keep my statutes, the Hokim, the divine decrees, of the God of Israel, and my judgments, the commandments about how you treat other people, which if a man does, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. So now let's understand in greater detail what Yeshua was trying to say about the two greatest commandments. So in seeking to understand this, we're going to make a parallel structure of his words. So in doing so, Yeshua associated Loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength with do. And do is linked in Leviticus chapter 18 verse 5 with keeping the statutes or the divine decrees of the lawmaker, called in Hebrew the Hokim. And then he associated loving your neighbors yourself with live. And in the parallel construct in Leviticus chapter 18 verse 5, live is associated with keeping the judgments or the way you treat other people, called in Hebrew the Mishpatim. So now we're going to look at this phrase, do and live, from Leviticus chapter 18, verse 5, and see that Paul called the statutes and the judgments of Leviticus chapter 18, 5, which if you do, you will live, as being the righteousness of the law. So in Romans chapter 10, verse 5, it is written, For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man that does these things shall live by them. So Paul's making a reference like Yeshua, in Luke chapter 10 verse 28, 
to Leviticus chapter 18, verse 5, which says, You shall keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. So the God of Israel wants us to follow, after we are saved by grace through faith in Yeshua, the righteousness of the Torah, which is keeping his statutes and judgments, through the help and inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as in the New Covenant, the Torah is written upon our heart. So once again, we can see that Paul testified the way in which he expressed his faith in Yeshua as the Messiah in the New Covenant was to follow the Torah after the inward man, or the Holy Spirit. So in Romans chapter 7, verse 22, it is written, For I delight in the Torah of God after the inward man. So this is why Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, that is, keeping the statutes and the judgments of God, who walk not after the flesh, we can't do it in our own ability, in our own understanding, in our own interpretation, but we can only do it from the leading and guiding and inspiration of the Holy Spirit and teaching us how to walk out obeying the statutes and the judgments. So after we're saved by grace through faith and when we follow the righteousness of the law by the Holy Spirit, now we're being faithful to the covenant and as a result, we're regarded as a son of God. In Romans chapter 8 verse 9 it is written, But you are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you, now continuing in Romans chapter 8 verse 14, For as many that are led by the Spirit of God, that is, in following the righteousness of the law, that is, keeping the statutes and the judgments, they are the sons of God. So the next part of the blood covenant ceremony that we're going to see is the cutting of the covenant. And in the cutting of the covenant, Yeshua is the sacrifice. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2 it is written, As Messiah also has loved us, and has given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 26 it is written, Now he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. We can further see how Yeshua made mention that he is the sacrifice. In John chapter 6 verse 51 as it is written, I am the living bread which came down from heaven, and the bread that I will give is my flesh. So his flesh is going to represent, in a literal blood covenant ceremony, the life of an animal. So I will give my flesh for the life of the world. So next we're going to see, given that Yeshua himself is the sacrifice, we're going to see the application of the covenant walk of blood. In Luke chapter 22 verse 44 it is written, And being in an agony he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And then in Matthew chapter 26 verse 67, Then did they spit in his face, and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands. Then in Luke chapter 22 verse 63 it is written, And the men that held Yeshua mocked him and smote him. And then in John chapter 19 verses 1 and 2, Then Pilate therefore took Yeshua and scourged him, and the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. So in going through all these things, Yeshua is going to be shedding his blood. And the way in which, in the degree by which Yeshua suffered in dying on the tree, 
was so severe and so covered with blood that he became unrecognizable in his human body. This was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 52 verses 13 and 14 as it is written, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So when it says his visage was so marred more than any man, his beatings in the blood that he shed through his unimaginable sufferings caused those who were looking upon him to be such that he was no longer recognizable to them. So even on his way to dying on the tree, Yeshua was making a covenant walk of blood and shedding his blood along the way. In John chapter 19 verses 17 and 18 it is written, And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him. And then in John chapter 19 verse 34, But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came thereout blood and water. Then in Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 it is written, And having made peace through the blood of his cross. So next we're going to look at the blood covenant seal. And Yeshua showed his covenant seal and the scars that were upon his body to his disciples after his resurrection. In John chapter 20 verse 25 it is written, The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, referring to doubting Thomas, Except I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. So then in John chapter 20 verses 27 and 28 it is written, Then Yeshua said to Thomas, Reach here your finger, and behold my hands, and reach here your hand, and thrust it into my side. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. So now we're going to look at the covenant seal of the new covenant, and one of those seals is the indwelling Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 1 verses 12 and 13 it is written, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Messiah, in whom also after you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We can further see how the indwelling Holy Spirit is a covenant seal from Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 as it is written, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. In addition to the indwelling Holy Spirit, another covenant seal of the new covenant is the circumcision of our heart. In Romans chapter 2 verse 29 it is written, But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit. Then in Colossians chapter 2 verse 11 it is written, In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by the circumcision of Messiah. And next we have the covenant oath of the new covenant. In John chapter 3 verse 16 is an oath of God the Father regarding the new covenant. As it is written, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So finally, we're going to see that the covenant meal that Yeshua had regarding the new covenant was his Passover meal with his disciples. In Luke chapter 22 verse 15 it is written, And he said unto them, With desire have I desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. So the covenant meal items of the covenant meal 
was bread, which represented Yeshua's flesh or body, which is linked to the shedding of the blood of an animal, and the wine, which represents the shedding of Yeshua's blood, which represents life. So in John chapter 6, verse 56, Yeshua said, He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood, Yeshua is using blood covenant talk. And remember, as we covered earlier in the first part of this teaching, one of the Hebrew words for eat is associated with the Hebrew word for covenant. So eating his flesh means to believe on him and thus enter into a covenant relationship with him. And drinking his blood refers to partaking of the life of Yeshua in being in covenant relationship with him. So eating my flesh is a reference to Yeshua's body, which is associated in the literal blood covenant ceremony to the sacrifice of an animal. So whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. And so dwelling in me and I in him, Yeshua is making reference to a covenant relationship. So in John chapter 6 verse 63, Yeshua further explains that when he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood, he's not speaking literally because he said the words that I speak, they are spirit. He's given you the spiritual meaning of his words, which is blood covenant language. So now the memorial place of the new covenant is Jerusalem. In Matthew chapter 16 verse 21 it is written, From that time forth began Yeshua to show unto his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. So the next thing we're going to cover in the blood covenant ceremony is the remembrance of the blood covenant. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, it is written, And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do, that is regularly as you meet, in remembrance of me. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25, After the same manner he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Continuing in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. So remember that once the ceremony of completing the blood covenant is done, later there's going to be a test of faithfulness. So after we're saved by grace through faith and are forgiven of our sins by repenting and receiving Yeshua's shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins, once we make a commitment to make him Savior and Lord of our lives, then in living our lives, our lives in the decisions that we make in living our lives become a test of faithfulness in our service unto Yeshua. And if we are faithful in our service unto him, we will inherit greater eternal rewards. But if we are slothful and unfaithful in our service to Yeshua and his kingdom as we live our lives, and get caught up with the things of this world, we will lose eternal rewards. So let's look at some things to see how this is so. So after we've been saved by grace through faith, inheritance in Yeshua's kingdom is rewards that we receive in our service to him after being saved. So our faithfulness to Yeshua will be tried. Paul explains this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, as it is written. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, 
every man's work or his service will be made manifest, referring to his motives, because it shall be revealed by fire, that is trial and testing, and the fire, which is a work of the Holy Spirit, shall try every man's work or service unto Yeshua and his kingdom of what sort it is. And if any man's work or his service unto Yeshua and his kingdom remains, which means it was done with a pure heart and pure motives, for the glory of God and his kingdom to bear fruit for his kingdom, which he's built upon, that is salvation in Yeshua as the Messiah, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work, his service unto Yeshua and his kingdom, shall be burned, meaning he didn't live his life unto Yeshua, his kingdom, for the glory of his kingdom, to bear fruit for his kingdom, but instead lived his life doing what he wanted to do, he will suffer loss of reward. Yet because he accepted Yeshua as the Messiah and was saved by grace through faith, he will be saved, yet so by fire, that is, by the same work of the Holy Spirit. For it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, at the end of the verse, No one can say that Yeshua is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So it's through the work of the Holy Spirit that we're saved by grace through faith. Yeshua explained that a faithful steward will receive a reward or inheritance. Luke chapter 12, verse 42, it is written, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household? That is, we will rule and reign with Yeshua in his kingdom. And who is the one that ultimately rules and reigns with Yeshua as a part of his government? It is his bride, who will also live with him forever in the new Jerusalem. So continuing in Luke chapter 12, verses 43 and 44, it is written, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find him doing, meaning living his life in service to Yeshua and his kingdom. Of a truth, I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But the unfaithful steward will lose rewards or inheritance. Luke chapter 12, verse 45, it is written, But, and if that servant says in his heart, My Lord delays his coming and shall begin to beat the men's servants and maidens, and to eat and drink and to be drunken, that is, to be concerned with this world and the affairs of this world, and to live your life to do what you want to do. That the consequence that Yeshua explained in Luke chapter 12, verses 46 and 47, is that the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looks not for him and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. In other words, he's going to be strongly rebuked for being unfaithful. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will, which means to live your life in service to Yeshua and his kingdom, to bring glory to him and to bear fruit for his kingdom, and didn't do it, he will be beaten with many stripes. Or in other words, he will be rebuked and lose rewards. A servant of Yeshua is to be a bondservant unto him. And Paul described his service unto Yeshua and his kingdom as being a bondservant. Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Paul writes, Paul, a servant of Yeshua Messiah. And this word servant is the Strong's number 1401 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary. And it means a bondman. And the Strong's explanation is that a bondman or a bondservant is a person who's devoted to another person to the disregard of one's own interests or doing what you want to do. A servant of Yeshua is commanded to be faithful. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, it is written, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And so once you're saved by grace through faith and become a member of Yeshua's kingdom, to be a faithful blood covenant partner unto Yeshua, you are to live your life making Yeshua Lord of your life, which means you make him king of your life. 
and you live your life and submit your will to do His will in your life. And as a result, a servant of Yeshua will seek first living his life for the service of Yeshua's kingdom. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and 33, it is written, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? That is, the concerns of this world. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In Yeshua's kingdom, we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God while we're living our lives on this earth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, it is written, Now then, we are ambassadors for Messiah, and we are laborers of Yeshua in his kingdom, and we are laborers in service for his kingdom, for the benefit of his kingdom, for the fruit of his kingdom. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, it is written, But we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry, and you are God's building. So in being saved by grace through faith, we are in covenant partnership with Yeshua, and in this partnership, which is the blood covenant of the new covenant, we are to dedicate our lives to the kingdom of God and for the glory of his kingdom. Romans chapter 12 verse 1, it is written, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, that means the way you live your life, to be a living sacrifice. So if you're a living sacrifice, you've put your body or you've put your life upon the altar and live a life holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So a servant of Yeshua will make following him and his kingdom his primary goal in his life. Luke chapter 14 verse 33 it is written, So likewise, whosoever he be of you, that forsakes not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple, or my blood covenant partner, in faithfulness. Matthew chapter 10 verses 37 and 38. He that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that takes not his cross and follows after me is not worthy of me. In other words, if you put the cares of this world above faithful service to the kingdom of God, you're failing the test of faithfulness as a blood covenant partner of Yeshua. That is because our purpose in life is to be the same as Yeshua's purpose in his life when he came and lived in the earth at his first coming, and that is to do the will of his Father. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, it is written, And the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God abides forever. So serving Yeshua and his kingdom and being faithful to him is to be our goal in life. So Paul expressed this heart attitude in living his life in Philippians chapter 3 verse 8 as it is written. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Messiah Yeshua my Lord, that I might win Messiah. Paul continues in Philippians chapter 3 verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Messiah Yeshua. So, when Paul is making a reference to he's pressing toward the prize of the high calling of God in Messiah Yeshua, he's not talking about striving to get saved. He's talking about being faithful in his service to Yeshua and his kingdom as he lives his life. It is the will of Yeshua that his people do the will of his Father. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 49 and 50, it is written, And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever will do the will of my Father. Well, that's going to conclude part nine of the series on the subject, 
the blood covenant. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.